This is Krista. And Angel. And we're coming to you live from... Special Kind of Chaos. Woohoo! right. well, so today's Friday. Thank goodness. Oh, I know, right? Um, And if I fall asleep on today's podcast, don't be mad at me. I'll kick her. No, don't kick me. Oh. Okay, actually. No, you can't. Oh. Oh, good. (laughs) I love it when people say I can. (laughs) So, uh, do you guys sleep in your house? That's not a loaded. It's not a loaded question. Like for real, do you actually lay on a pillow and get some real Z's? I, I lay on multiple, multiple pillows a night. I start out with Benjamin. That's our cuddle time. Always has been. <laughs> and then we might start out in mommy's bed. Now Ben, his room is in mine. Right. I have a um, I have a master suite. So I, he's locked in with us because I don't, I just he won't sleep outside of my room and so we start in either mommy's bed together or benny's bed together and then when he falls asleep i sneak away (laughs) i try to go lay next to my husband and get some sleep and because he's you know benjamin's a bed hog and he is all over (laughs) me and um and so then he ends up waking up in the middle of the night wanting mommy and here's the choice I can fight with him mm-hmm. and stay up forever, right? Typically, like what, two o'clock in the morning, right? <laughs> I don't. That's not a good thing for right. me. Um, and or jump in bed with him so we all sleep peacefully, and so that's what I do. So, so how much sleep? It's very interrupted throughout the night and so but that's the only way i would get any sleep oh my god so i actually so it's the same thing here in our house and i actually my favorite thing to tell my husband is that i am too damn old to have a newborn adult oh my god (laughs) because that's what it feels like is having a newborn in my house so so we don't sleep we don't sleep in our house it doesn't matter if i keep her up all night long or if i put her to bed at a decent time um, she still wakes up. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how tired she is. It doesn't matter. It, it, none of it matters. And so at three o'clock this morning, uh, she decided that she was going to get up and, um, she is not a quiet person. She's, <laughs> she's a very loud person. In fact, I actually have a bit of PTSD because like the sound she makes a certain, it must be a certain decibel and it actually like it's bone chilling oh, for yeah. me. I have to wear earplugs to muffle it, to take that away so that, cause then I'm like, oh, la, la. but then if I don't have earplugs in, I'm, I'm literally going to lose my mind. So do you think, um, that is like part of stimming or, you know what I mean? Like I think, cause Ben, when, when, um, I'm talking and it's typically only me, although he will try to do it with other people, he'll put his hand to my throat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at first I'm, it was freaking me out. I know what I was going to say. We better, we better put a disclaimer. Yeah. He was not doing was anything not wrong. choking me. Please, police, do not come to my house. Um, but I think it's the vibration. And, um, and then he's always talking. That is yeah. part of the sleep issue. Yeah. That as soon as he wakes up, even if he wants to stay in bed and mm-hmm. allow us to sleep, he is talking nonstop. Caillou, Brett, Hank, 
you know, just naming all his Thomases and scripting his, his shows and what happened throughout his day. And, um, and so I've learned <laughs> to tune that out. I, Sean gets so mad at me because, you know, he's like, Ben's talking, he takes a break and you're snoring. Right. And, you know, he's like, I can't go back to sleep. And I, I'm like, well, it's, I think it's a self-defense mechanism too, though. It's like, honestly, we are sleep deprived. So the moment there's a break, it's like, I can, this is my chance to go to sleep and I sleep. And so I have to physically put pillows over my head so that I can drown out her repetitive because oh, she's a repetitive. Yeah. So she'll just keep repeating the same sound over and over. Yeah. So what happened this morning is she woke up at three o'clock in the morning and she's so excited to go to school that normal people wake up in the middle of the <laughs> night and you think, oh, and you open your eyes and you look, your dream ended, right? You look, you look at the clock, you're like, it's one o'clock in the morning and you're like, oh, I better go back to sleep because I have to wake up soon. And so you close your eyes and you eventually try to go back to sleep. I mean, sometimes, right? Right. You're like, oh, I can't sleep now. Her, I think actually probably a lot of people with autism, yes. their brains go fast, right? So she is laying in bed, comes out of a dream and she's like, oh, my eyes are awake. Of course it's time to get ready for school. When is school? Mom! Yes. And she comes out of her room and she's like not quiet and so the rest of the house my husband has to go to work my other child has to go to school and I'm like oh my gosh so I get up and I'm like no you have to go back to bed <laughs> no and it's a fine line because the moment you sleep with them oh yeah she's like oh no mom you can't get on my bed now like no now every night you have to sleep with me I do right? know this right yes <laughs> so I just broke her that habit again and so I'm like okay I can't crawl in bed with her so I'm like okay well we can go on the couch so I go on the couch but I can't talk to her because right. if I if I acknowledge what she says, it's a loop that just keeps going again and again and again and again. What time do I go? You go at seven o'clock. Oh, I can't wait to see my friends at lunch. Fantastic. Oh, what time do I go? Seven o'clock. Like, right? It's that whole <laughs> repetitive thought process. And um, for her, I think what it is is actual actually like a social perseveration. Yeah. And so in her mind. So perseveration is kind of like, like, a, like a obsession. You're getting stuck. Yeah. It's like you're obsessing about something yeah. so much. You can't stop thinking about it. So that's her perseveration. The social aspect is any socialization opportunity she likes. Yeah. And so people, she just, she just loves people. Right. So and so, oh yeah. My goodness. Right. So she's so she in her mind, she's now thought about the person she wants to see at school. And right now she's calling this lady a grandma. I actually have no idea who the grandma is at school. Thank you, grandma. Right. <laughs> Thanks, grandma. You're the reason I'm losing sleep right now. So she um, yeah, so she wakes up thinking about this lady. And so we spend so that was three o'clock this morning. And I'm like, I'm so tired. I got to go to bed, honey. I need at least one more hour, at least one more hour. So. I end up laying back down on the couch, pretending like I can't hear her with a pillow over my head. She keeps repeating. I have to hide her touch chat. I have to hide her, um, her touch chats, her AAC device. I have to hide her iPad. And now I, and now she's like, where is it? Where is it? And she's walking around my house. Where is it? She goes up into my room where my husband is. I'm like, oh, that's downstairs. In the meantime, I'm just trying to let the, everybody else in the house sleep, right? Right. So yeah, welcome to our life of autism. Yes. Do you think it's autism that causes that? I do. Oh, you do? Absolutely. And what's hard for us is that, you know, I have shared custody. Oh. So thankfully it's like 80, 20, 75, mm -hmm. 25. And so we have him, you know, for what, uh, I don't know, 
10 days and then he goes to dad's for four and then back to us for 10. And so as soon as we get into a rhythm then he mm. goes to dad in a totally different setup. And so, you know, he's in his own room. He, at one point, dad said he locked his bedroom door and Benny would have to knock. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like everyone's awake. We he tried to be so awake. Yeah. And oh. so I'm like, no, I don't, I don't, you go to the bathroom. It's dark. Like, you know, no, you don't say anything. Don't make eye contact. Right. No, it's and like, it's literally like how quiet and calm and non-interactive can you be yes. while they're trying to get your attention to answer their questions and to talk to them <laughs> and like, no you know we have our routine we have to shut all the closet doors benny has this weird thing with a closet of ours and um and so you know shut the door and and so i get up i shut the doors and sean comes in and he's getting ready and clothes and the door's open so in the middle of the night god do not leave that door open shut the door shut the door i'm like okay 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 jump out stumbling and yeah so it's um it is a joke well so okay if it's autism when was ben diagnosed three. Oh. He was diagnosed at three. And so did you, did you have any telltales before? Like, how did you realize that you needed, there was something going on? Like, what was that? Was it, was it earlier than three or was it yes. when you went to see a doctor at three? No, um, it was absolutely, but we thought it was a hearing problem mm. because he wouldn't respond to you like normal babies. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, track the noise or whatnot ben would not do that and um and just kind of his totally in like a dazed state and my mom was watching ben while i was working and his dad was terrified like during pregnancy please don't have autism please don't have autism really strange why would what even i, made I think about no autism idea i have no idea Wow. That's what I'm saying. It was super weird. And so, um, and so, yeah, my mom would say, Angela, I think he's got a hearing problem. I'm like, you're crazy. You know, like you do not want to hear there is something wrong with your kid. And so she kept saying that. And... Did you see it though? And you were just hoping that it wasn't? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Now, I mean, now looking back, but in yes. that moment, you're like, nope, nope, I'm not going to. not going to happen, right? If I don't acknowledge it, it will not. go away. <laughs> it will not be an issue. And, um, and, and my husband would get, um, like very defensive. So I'm like, oh, please, Jesus, do not say that. And so finally we went to a well check and it was really weird because our doctor at the time was like the chair of pediatrics and was like no just a boy nope just a boy oh. no big deal on the chair the chair the chair did not even know no. and oh. so it was really strange so um i think that my i don't know how i got to north to regional center yeah. and um and so of course they did all the the Actually, they sent, right, they sent the um, speech and then somebody else. And so, like an OT or a PT or something? Yes. I, I think it might have been, it was OT. And so he's going occupational to, therapy. Yes. 
I forget. Not everybody know. knows our acronym. We actually have like our own language. Yeah. OTPT, SLP, ABA, yes, IEP. Yes. I mean, we yes. could keep rattling on. Yes. <laughs> um, but anyway, they had come out. And then, of course, at age three, you um, age out of the early start. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's when they did the full assessment and we were blessed with the news. Okay. So when, so when, so you went to, to the regional center before you were three then? Yes. Okay. So you were there there through like an early intervention type program. And so they were just trying to help kind of level them up to, yeah, they, to where a baby would be in a sense. Exactly. And a neurotypical. And I don't remember how we got there. I think um, we had um, a neighbor of my mom's that I've known forever who was a special education um, educator forever. And so it might have come from her, that referral. I'm really not sure because it wasn't from the doctor. So, so... We didn't even get diagnosed till until Maddie was 11. I thought it was. It was late. But I think that part of our struggle with her was that she has multiple disabilities. And I think that it was just overlooked for so long because there were other things going on there. Like, I, I don't know if it was that they were treating the most important at the time or if no one picked up on the autism because of her other disabilities. I, I just don't know. But I do know that there were lots of people around me using the phrase autistic tendencies. She has autistic tendencies. And so like educationally, they would use this, they would use that terminology with us. And and in my mind, I was like, oh, okay. She just uses pictures to learn. Like that's all I put together with it. I never really thought about it as, oh, maybe she has autism until she was about 11. And then I was like, you know, as I'm meeting more and more of our special needs parents, I I was like, oh yeah, she does that. Oh, she does that too. She does that too. Huh? Wow. She's really doing a lot of the same things you guys are doing. And I really couldn't write it off anymore. And so I was like, well, let me just go, let me just ask. And so we went to our pediatrician. I just asked and, and then he was like, well, I can put a referral out for, you know, cause through our insurance, they actually um, send you to like a certain place. And then they, they do this long, huge assessment. And then they come back with either the holy grail of you have autism and i'm saying the holy grail because up until this point we didn't get a lot of services so right. it, it didn't i mean it was like and and her original diagnosis was what well actually we started our path with epilepsy okay so and then from epilepsy then it was cerebral palsy and it was ataxia and then it was like we Wait, started but it but took it's so funny that it took autism yeah. to get all resources yeah yeah that's frustrating no so we so thank goodness for the regional center though because they ended up stepping in when our insurance didn't step in and then i think it was 2014 Mm -hmm. the dsm like they changed their insurance requirements where they said if you like they changed i think to where a couple of other diagnoses now get services that weren't available back then so but so okay Let's just say, so it's come up, I've had quite a few conversations with new parents that right now are suspecting that their kids, you know, might have autism or they're pretty sure, like there's this gut instinct that I think something's going on. Uh, What path would you put them on? I would um, have them call the regional center. You can um, self-refer or someone else can refer 
for you. Um, and, but no, I would just have them call and, and, you know, Hey, I suspect something's going on with my kiddo. I want to have them checked. Yeah. And so that starts the ball rolling. Can um, they do that at any age? Any, any age. Yeah. Um, and, and so, and one parents don't realize that. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to even spit that out. Right. And so, um, you know, but you have to just believe that they hear that all the time. And we want to make sure that, you know, if our kiddo needs services and will qualify, it will open up so much for right. the family, right? I just think that, you know, as much as we do not want to cross that, that no. boundary, like, no, 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 don't want to go there. Um, you're struggling through so many different things that there are supports for. Right. And we, there, there, all you have to, a lot of my friends and myself, even probably to a degree, ha, live in denial a little bit until we can come to a point where we're like, okay, I'm ready. But usually if a parent is at the point where they're like, I do think something's going on, they've reached a level that they're ready for help. And mm -hmm. so I, I would actually say you could also start with your primary care physician, like your pediatrician. Absolutely. If you're not sure if you're on track, talk to your doctor and say, Hey, I've noticed that, um, because with cerebral palsy with my daughter, she wasn't sitting up at mm -hmm. six months old. They right. should be like rolling and sitting up and all that. And she wasn't. And so and they have a simple little, uh, you know, like a trainer yeah. and, um, now, Right. Like they didn't. They yeah, they did didn't it. have that. Yeah. And so, um, look how far we've come. <laughs> you know, we because we're now pioneers. Wait, um, does that mean we're old? I think so. Not your old. I'm not old. <laughs> <laughs> By what two years? Um, no. Wait, wait. Um, <laughs> yes. So I agree. The one thing I would say with um, with going to the pediatrician is don't let them discount your pain. Absolutely because that happens and we know we have that gut feeling that something is happening and so you just keep asking until someone hears you and that's right. what you know don't take note if something is happening those people are not living in your home and do not see um the other thing we have now right is videos right, right? like hey i thought my son might be having seizures or something going on i took videos and would send them and yeah lo and behold he was having seizures from probably birth and um and so even with behavior right a right. behavior episode well i say that you say that and you know our our friend here says that and it's all different it looks totally different and so the video and to share those things with the doctor can be so helpful. Oh, yeah. Well, and you know, here's another path you can go. You can actually ask your educational team for an assessment. And so the reason I say that is we actually had a vision issue that our doctors did not catch that were actually caught by our educational team. So, so you have different kinds, right? So if you're, if you don't have a diagnosis, let's use autism, for instance, if you don't have a diagnosis and you're, you're noticing your child has like social issues, like strong social issues, um, you're having some 
challenges at you know with their grades and this and that and they start to mention things that start to put up red flags you can ask for your child to be assessed for um I'm going to say special education but that does not mean that every kiddo that gets special education like needs the same level of supports. Sometimes it's just simply putting a few things in there. So when you ask for that, they will come, they'll take a look and then they'll decide, you know, there's a there's a process they'll go through and then in the past we actually have had people come upon um things that we were diagnosed with that I was able to take back to our doctor and say, "Hey, the school found this. Can I be assessed for this?" Um and so that helped us ours was a vision thing it was pretty incredible but the school was how i heard a lot of autistic tendencies yeah, right. so i took the autistic tendencies went to my doctor and said hey i'm hearing about this a lot you know do you think we could be assessed and that is coming from they the school can only say that they qualify educationally it, right and so they're not diagnosing no. so your child may qualify for autism as their primary qualification, know, qualification factor yes but that doesn't mean hey right. now medically you have that diagnosis right. no you take that you go to your doctor yeah. um so that's why they say tendencies because that's what it looks like right. in the educational setting but the same thing happens the opposite way too if you go to the doctors and you end up with a diagnosis you then have to go back to your educational yes. team and say hey we got this diagnosis can you assess us for whatever like our occupational therapy needs or our speech therapy needs or autism or whatever whatever that assessment is and education has to see that as well like it, it, there's times right. where you bring that medical diagnosis and there's nothing to do with it right but then there are times that they're like hmm right right that does make sense we we do see some of that and so then they may um at that point say yeah let's assess we agree yeah. let's yeah. do this let's look at this a little more but if that's not a need in the classroom then you know it it may not come into play at school so but i do absolutely agree share those reports share right. back and forth right it is so important that both of those entities have the latest information and whether it's just putting it in the in the file right, right. just what not because you know it's important for them to know what's happening with with our right. kiddos as well they, and then they start to watch too they can actually yes. start to track and figure out oh something might be going on here well and for parents right we are emotional over this and for me you know i'm like okay i i can do that no i was terrible i do not ask me to keep data right i know i am i am terrible too. yeah no like don't. data wait oh it just makes me my skin crawl yeah you know what though here's another path um at least here in california there's the davis mine institute the uc davis mine institute and they are they are fantastic they're another fantastic avenue for parents to just kind of go out so the regional center's one the mind institute is one your primary care physician is one yep. and then i recently had a friend that actually went to a psychologist and her child ended up with an autism diagnosis from a psychologist but she, but it wasn't through her insurance and she ended up having to pay so that was a really expensive route yeah. Yeah. but she did a honestly she did a, a very thorough job um it had been overlooked and actually i believe it had actually been diagnosed as ADHD mm -hmm. but the mom was like no i'm seeing more than just like an ADHD thing going on so there can be those those dual diagnosis and, and yeah. those times where you know in those settings 
right? They're not seeing it. And right. it does Well, she even said, she goes, it's hard to see at first. But yeah. then once you start to see, it's almost like pulling on a thread. Mm -hmm. You start to pull it and you're like, oh, look, there it is. Well, and, and, and that was Madison. Madison, yeah. they did the same thing. It was like, they, you know, oh, I don't know. And then they're like, oh, wait. And then all of right. a sudden. Well, and, and there's certain things that show up at, at different times, right? And at different ages. Right. So the gap, the gap, as they get older, that gap starts to increase. You can actually see those, right? As, as see the gap, see the change. As a things bit. are supposed to develop in our kiddos, right? Skills are supposed to develop that, you know, the older, like with Benjamin, it was intellectual disability. Oh. So at three, when they, they had first did those assessments, um, that didn't, that didn't show up. It right. didn't show up until he was um, he was going into kindergarten, right mm. before that that transition from his um, preschool and um, to kindergarten. And you know that's devastating. And how do you miss it? Well, you miss it because it doesn't present. They're too young, right? Right. And, right. and you're not. And you're starting to see them in a more social environment with their peers at kindergarten, right? That's kind of one of those first stages where you're like, oh, my kiddo's not right over well, there. Especially with now with COVID and we're, oh, you know, gosh. a lot of that, right? <laughs> Can't really diagnose some of those things when they're behind Zoom. Usually a diagnosis, my experience, the best diagnosis process has always been where they take a little time to look at your child. Cause it, it like you said a second ago, it's not like you see it. Right. Sometimes you do like boys and girls are different. Boys often have like these stereotypical things that are, are sometimes, and not every case, but sometimes easier to see. Girls usually present a little different, um, but I would say that every single situation is different. So, but usually a good diagnosis comes from, they, they spend enough time with you. Like ours was like a five hour long yeah. assessment where they, you know, they saw us together and then they pulled me away and then they saw her without my help and how she wasn't in a natural environment as natural as a doctor's office can be i, I suppose i was gonna say were you behind the, <laughs> I the glass oh yeah that, oh my god that the was two terrible way, the one-way mirror where i'm like oh. <laughs> right and, and you just you're oh my gosh you want to pound and say you know benjamin I know, look at him how to do that <laughs> they're calling your name just look over at her oh gosh <laughs> okay so the main things i would tell a parent is Number one, trust your gut. Mm -hmm. Always trust your gut. If you think something's wrong, even if you get told that nothing's there, you know, just keep trying. Number two is pack your patience because everything takes a time. It takes mm -hmm. takes time, and it nothing, no process in this is ever going to be a quick process. I think when we applied for North Bay Regional Center, it was. Six months. Yeah, I was gonna say probably six, six months. months. Yeah, and I remember I was calling like, "My baby's having seizures. I need someone to help me." <laughs> I was crying. Oh, right. She's like, "I'm I'm sorry, but there's nothing I can do." Yeah, like, well, the worst. That is the worst. Yes. And like, are for, we recording? We are recording. Oh, yes. Hi, friends. Welcome back, Angel. <laughs> they don't know. I'm gonna cut out all those other things. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, Angel. <laughs> okay, just to give everybody some insight, I'm actually I was gonna cut this out, but I'm not going to now. I'm gonna actually leave this in because we were gonna run out of time, so I had to stop the first recording so I could add in a second recording. 
Because I love you so much. I, I really want that cookie. 
another one. And if you don't give it to me. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. So I guess we'll wrap this one up. Uh, we just want to thank everybody for joining us today. And we're going to post the links to some of the things that might be able to help those of you that need it. So we'll, we'll link out the Mind Institute, the Regional Center. Uh, there's a statistic actually right now is going to link out. Do you know it's one in 44? Yes. I've heard it's one in 32, but I haven't actually been able to like find that right. stat. Right. So, but it's one in 44 yeah. children have autism. It's insane. Crazy. Yeah. Insane. And that's since 2018. I, I do think there's been more, maybe, maybe not official studies. I don't know. Maybe that's where that number came from, but one in 32, but yeah. for sure, I believe it's the CDC says one in 44 right now have autism. Crazy. One in five. Yeah. I believe it works out to one in five. Oh, one in five. That's, yeah. Anyways. All right. Well, have a fantastic day. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. See you next week. <laughs>